it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are off another game week edition of In Defense of the Big 12. Tyler McComas in Norman, Oklahoma, where it's 52 degrees. Brad Kellner in Austin, Texas, where, oh my God, it is 60 degrees. I know that uh, you are from the Kansas City area. You grew up in the cold weather. I hate the cold weather, but there is something about this weather that makes me think, oh my God, football season is actually here. Let's roll. Normally it's brutally hot and Norman and Austin at this time of the year. But, dude, you step outside and say, holy crap, we got a football game tonight, a couple of them. And, dude, we're two days away from kicking this thing off in the conference. Oh, it's incredible. And it took me a while to get out of bed, Tyler. I can't (laughs) lie. But I checked my phone. I checked the weather. I saw 61 degrees. I had to go straight out to my balcony to feel it for myself. I didn't believe that it was true. I thought it was a typo. I thought Steve Jobs was messing uh, messing with me from the afterlife on the the Apple weather app. But – Man, it's incredible. I mean, we're, we're used to triple-digit days uh, in our two cities. So the fact that we've got this cool weather coming in and, of course, football right around the corner of the NFL starting tonight and, of course, Big 12 football starting two days from now, it really is a, a beautiful thing and a perfect storm, if you will. Yeah, well, um, hopefully we have Big 12 football this weekend because three schools have already postponed. TCU and SMU, of course. Oklahoma State and Tulsa pushing theirs back a week. And then Baylor and Louisiana Tech is also postponed. Uh, We'll probably find out about Oklahoma today for sure after Lincoln Riley's comments on Tuesday. Maybe Kansas has a situation that's ongoing right now. But as of right now, BK, we've still got seven other Big 12 games on the slate, but I don't know if I'd hold my breath up to this point that we're actually going to have seven games in the conference this week. Uh, it kind of feels like they're dropping like flies, doesn't it? And it sucks. I mean, I know so many of these fan bases around this conference have been anxiously waiting and have had this September 12th date marked on their calendars for a long, long time. It sucks that at least three are going to have to wait a little while longer. And yeah, we might find out today or tomorrow, hell, maybe even Saturday morning, that uh, maybe seven Big 12 games will be too much this weekend. So trying to stay optimistic. You know, we'll see what happens, as you mentioned, with Oklahoma. We'll see what happens with Kansas. There's been some conflicting reports coming out of Lawrence about uh, what's going to happen or at least how many positive tests there are within the Kansas football program, which, of course, would dictate what's going to happen this Saturday night for their 9 o'clock Central Time kickoff against Coastal Carolina. But uh, we will have at least one Big 12 game this weekend. We will have some college football this weekend. I'm hoping we get to that number of seven, but we'll we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. So we're going to break down all the week one games that are happening as of right now. We'll do some season predictions, 
who's got the best chance in the conference to, to win the Heisman Trophy this year. We got everything you need as we get so closer into Saturday. But let's start here before we start break day, breaking down these week one games. Uh, Lincoln Riley said Tuesday, I mean, they've been as transparent of a program in all of college football this year in terms of testing numbers and testing results. And Tuesday, he declined to give that information, saying that once they are in the season and game week, they will uh, not release those numbers. ESPN got after him Tuesday and into Wednesday. Did you guys in Austin, Texas get after him for Lincoln Riley for being so transparent up to this point and not revealing any of that information on Tuesday? No, I defended Lincoln Riley, and I'll defend any college football coach that's doing this. And honestly, most college football coaches are doing this. They're just not going out to the media saying that they're doing this, right? I I bet Lincoln Riley kind of regrets just saying that. But no, I've got no problem with it. Look, they're going to report the numbers to the people who need the numbers, right? I mean, you can't keep this stuff secret, completely secret. You're going to report this to whoever at Oklahoma or in the state of Oklahoma, the health officials who actually have to track COVID numbers. They are going to know about this, and that's the most important thing. Uh, We don't need to know this as college football fans. I'm sure we would like to know this, right? We always want to know what's going on in a society. We always want to keep up and stay abreast with what's happening, especially with our college football programs. But we don't have to know this. And the media got so mad, and it's funny we're media guys, but sometimes I try to disassociate myself with the rest of the media. But now the media has to work a little bit harder to find stories this year. Sorry, media. That's why they got so upset, because they've had so much low-hanging fruit with all of these COVID number stories over the last few months, and now they're not going to have those. Look, we'll all find out on Saturdays, right? If someone doesn't take the field – and they're not injured, then they're probably dealing with COVID. So we'll all find out at some point. But no, I don't have any problem with Lincoln Riley doing this. A ton of college football coaches around the country have been doing this, and I bet a lot more are going to start doing this now that the season is here. I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, I think it was smart not to reveal the numbers. I'm not putting on my homework cap right now and trying to just defend Lincoln here. I'm really not. I I just think it's smart because, yeah, like maybe Monday you have 10 cases, but – maybe you feel good by the next testing on Wednesday that those positive cases or contract tracing or whatever are going to test negative the next time around. You know what I mean? Like people will freak out if you give numbers in the early part of the week, they would, you know, overanalyze it. And then you actually play on Saturday because it's safe to you. And people would say, Oh my God, you don't care about the kids. You only care about the money, the payday. Like, Oh, I mean, it's just, and I don't know why anybody was surprised by it either. Like we don't, we don't learn anything from press conference these days. Not injury information, death chart information, nothing. So they keep everything so under wraps at Oklahoma. I it's, it's just not it's not surprising that they didn't release that information. I'm with you. I didn't have a, a big deal with it at all. And and really the only people that had a big deal with it, and I think you're onto something here, is the local and national media are really the only people that had a big beef with it. Yeah, you know, I think some people saw the quote competitive advantage, right? And they're like, oh, come on, man. This is a global pandemic, a once in a century pandemic. And you're talking about a competitive advantage in football. This is ridiculous. We're trying to keep everybody sell, uh, safe. Look, man, Oklahoma, just like most of these college football programs across the country, are doing more than just about anybody else in terms of testing, in terms of protocols, in terms of trying to keep everybody safe. So, 
I don't want to hear that uh, that they don't care about the pandemic or anything like that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I had no problem with this. To me, this was uh, not much of a story at all. And once again, the people who need the numbers, the health officials at OU, the health officials in the state of Oklahoma, they will get the numbers, right? Yeah. Oklahoma's not going to keep that protected from the people who actually need the stuff. We just as college football media and college football fans won't have uh, all that information that we've been looking for. God, you want to talk about some actual games that are happening this weekend? It Doesn't it feel weird that we're about to do that? Man, it, it does. Like It just doesn't really feel like it's here and we need it and believe me I'm glad it's here but it's obviously been such a crazy six months and you combine that with what's going on with the rest of the sports calendar right usually by the time football rolls around well number one we have like preseason in the NFL and we also have you know college football hell we would have already started the season but we've got more fall camp stories to report and we had stuff going on over the summer but in terms of other sports it's we're usually in the dog days of baseball Right. Yeah. Uh, we don't have playoff basketball to watch. We don't have playoff hockey to watch. We don't have the U.S. Open in tennis and the U.S. Open in golf and the Masters coming up. Like it's such a weird sports calendar that I'm all like my equilibrium is all out of whack right now. So it just doesn't feel like football is right here. But uh, hell, I'm not going to complain, man. I am pumped that it is here. This is going to be the best weekend I think any of us have had in a long, long time. Guy, let's just do it. Let's just full right into it. Let's go. Let's talk about some games. 11 a.m. on ESPN. It's going to be glorious. Iowa State, 23rd-ranked Cyclones, take on Louisiana in Ames. Iowa State, an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. And, man, this just – and maybe this Iowa State team is different from years past. I mean, mostly because I think they're pretty good. They're pretty talented. But this just seems like a game in the past that Iowa State would mess around and – you know, win this game by like three or six points late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana's a pretty decent football team too, you know. I mean, I think they won 11 games last year. Now, it's not the same caliber of talent, of course, uh, that, that Iowa State goes up against year in and year out. But that's a pretty decent non-conference game. And you look across the country, you look across this league, you see a lot of real cupcakes on this schedule. But Louisiana has some talented pieces uh, they could give Iowa State a little bit of a game this weekend. I think everyone across the country is kind of anxious to see what Iowa State's going to be this year. Yeah. I mean, they're ranked. They're number 24, just creeping into the top 25. But uh, some people kind of have them as a potential sleeper in this conference. And we know they finished tied for third the last couple of years in this league. We've had the conversation a lot on this podcast, Tyler. Can this be the year where Iowa State takes that step and crashes the Big 12 championship game party? Obviously, this weekend's game – won't have anything to really do with that. Uh, they could lose this weekend's game and still find their way to the Big 12 championship in Arlington at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, we're, I think everybody's anxious to see what Iowa State can bring to the table. And if they struggle this weekend, then I think a lot of people are going to kind of uh, kick them to the side and say, all right, yeah, I don't know if this is a legit Big 12 championship contender. I'm excited to watch Brock Purdy in year three. He's done some phenomenal things his first two years. Obviously, NFL scouts are high on this guy as well. They've got some weapons. We've talked about it. Maybe the most talented team Iowa State has ever had. Uh, they've got pieces on both sides of the football. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see what this team looks like against a decent opponent in Louisiana. Uh, I think we're going to learn some things from the Cyclones team. I mean, the more I look at Louisiana, the more dangerous I think this game is. Yeah, 11-2 and two last year. Their only losses were to Mississippi State, and they actually lost a couple times to App State once in the regular season. 
once in the conference championship game. So an 11-win team that has seven returning uh, starters on offense, including their quarterback, and seven returning starters on defense. If Iowa State didn't come to play, Brock Purdy starts off a little sluggish. They have a few too many penalties. Like, this legitimately is a game that Iowa State could lose. I'm not going to pick this or pick that to happen, but if Iowa State didn't play a good football game, Louisiana – this isn't your father's raging Cajun squad, all right? This is one of the, maybe one of the better teams that they've had in quite some time, too. And, man, we know that this is Louisiana's season, right? I mean, this is it. I, I know that they're playing in their conference, but, like, this is the one time this year that really everybody is going to be watching a raging Cajuns football game. And they got a chance to go on the road and beat a ranked opponent. Like, are you killing? Are, are you kidding me? Billy Napier's squad's going to be really jacked up for that. and. Again, yeah. I, I think Iowa State's really good and got a chance to go to the Big 12 Championship, but they they better not slip up in this game or they could get beat. No, the St. Lou Loft, man. The St. Louisiana Lafayette. They've dropped the Lafayette. They're not messing yeah. around anymore, all right? And, and they are projected. I mean, they won uh, the Sun Belt West last year. You mentioned that they played in their conference championship game. They lost to Appalachian State, but they are the favorites uh, to win their half of the Sun Belt again this year. You mentioned that game against Mississippi State last year, the season opener. It was a home game for Louisiana. 38 to 28 was the final score, but it was a it was a three-point game, Tyler, with three minutes to go. Yeah. Like Louisiana was right there. And I know Mississippi State, look, they fired their coach after last year. That was a bad football team. They missed the bowl game. Iowa State this year is better than Mississippi State last year. But that goes to show you that, all right, if Louisiana's on, they can play with a power five team. They've got enough talent to where they can at least be competitive in this game. So yeah, I don't think it should surprise some folks if this is played within two scores. I mean, the Vegas line, what, you said 10 and a half, uh, 11 and a half, somewhere right around there. So Louisiana uh, could give Iowa State some problems, and you're right. If they're not ready to go, uh, this one could come down to the wire and be a lot closer than uh, Cyclones fans really want. In pure Big 12 style, three 11 a.m. games this Saturday, which mm-hmm. uh, got to love it, baby. That's my conference right there. Uh, Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia in Morgantown is the other 11 a.m. game, West Virginia minus 40 and a half. I know nothing about Eastern Kentucky other than that they've already played a football game and they lost to Marshall 59 to nothing. Come on, West Virginia. You should you should post a similar score here. Yeah, this one should be pretty easy for West Virginia. I know the expectations for the Mountaineers aren't that high in this league this year, but nah, Eastern Kentucky is really, really bad. You mentioned their game last week, 59 to nothing. I think they were only 25-point dogs against Marshall, so... Uh, they got more than doubled in terms of the Vegas line. People thought they'd be bad, and apparently they're even worse uh, than they were. It's an FCS program, the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Not very good. This should be very, very easy uh, for Neil Brown and company to get the job done and a nice opener for Daigie on offense to uh, to get going and you know hopefully get some momentum into conference play for West Virginia. Arkansas State at Kansas State, KSU minus 10.5, and, a half and- Kind of like the Louisiana-Iowa State game, this is this is a dangerous football game for K-State because they also seem like they kind of stumble out of the blocks in certain years. And Arkansas State, a team that won seven games last year, they're picked to finish second in the Sun Belt West this year. Nine starters returning on offense, three on defense. Dahu Green, the former OU wide receiver, um, is, is one of their starters at wide receiver. But, uh, yeah, man, I – I would put probably the the team in the Big 12 on upset alert this week to me has got to be K-State at home against this Arkansas State squad. Yeah, only 10.5-point favorites, and Arkansas State's 0-1. They played Memphis 
last week and and they covered against Memphis, right? I mean, I you know, moral victories here and I sound like a degenerate gambler. I am. So I guess, you know, I guess that's fair. Uh, but they kind of fought Memphis decently tough for a while in that game. Arkansas State's very, very talented. They've got a good program year in and year out. You know, last year, K-State didn't have that struggle non-conference game. They did play Mississippi State. They beat them by a touchdown, but that was a good win in Starkville last year. So I'm not going to hold that against them. Uh, man, so many mixed opinions about K-State this year. Like Phil Steele has them ninth in the Big 12 this season, only ahead of Kansas. Like, I think K-State can be a wild card because they've got Skylar Thompson back at quarterback. He's got a lot of experience there. Uh, they've got a decent number of returning starters on defense. And because Chris Kleiman, I think, exceeded everybody's expectations in year one, I think that guy was a, is a hell of a coach. I think it was a hell of a hire for Kansas State. Uh, eight wins, and, man, they were a couple of plays away from maybe winning 10 games last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think K-State's going to take care of business this year. They've got some questions. They're bringing in five new starters on the offensive line, right? I mean, if those guys aren't ready to go, then what's Kansas State going to look like this weekend? That's a big question. They're replacing some skill position players too. So maybe this game can be uh, interesting, but I think K-State's going to find a way to get it done. On yeah, um, probably too. I- I'm going to say K-State wins by like a field goal. I'm going to okay. say like really, really close. Like maybe they have to kick a field goal at the buzzer to win this game. I, I do think it is an advantage that Arkansas State's played a game. Yeah. And the fact that Kansas State has a totally rebuilt offensive line is not the most ideal of things going into week one of the season. So I, th- I think K-State's going to get all they want in uh, in week one for sure. Uh, now we go to Oklahoma and Missouri State, the pay-per-view game for fifty four ninety nine. Oklahoma was a 40-and-a-half point favorite. Now it's all the way up to 42-and-a-half points. And – Come on, what are we talking about here? OU's going to blow these guys out. But, dude, Missouri State is like a giant football team. Here's their two deep at wide receiver. Um, they, this is what they go at wide receiver. 6'5", 6'5", 6'4", 6'2", 6'3", and they have a little bitty 5'7", 172 guy. But, like, all their – they have a lot of dudes that are like Virginia Tech transfer was a blue-chip All-American, former Southern Miss four-star quarterback that they have. It, it's almost like a – it's almost like last chance you with all these highly rated guys, and somehow they found themselves in Springfield, Missouri, playing for Bobby Petrino. I think that's it. I think you just said it, right? The chance to play for Bobby Petrino, a guy who's got some skins on the wall in this sport, the guy who's got some pedigree as a college football coach, and he sent a lot of dudes – to careers in the National Football League. I'm with you. I mean, I think Oklahoma is going to take care of business. You know, I'm looking at the Action Network app right now, Tyler, and I'm seeing that the opening line in this game was 31. Is that correct? I I saw 40 and a half. If it was 31, that's ridiculous. I don't know when this was. I don't know if maybe when it was uh, COVID-related news that had dropped from Norman a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. I'd only seen in the 40s as well. I'm with you. I think Oklahoma is going to take care of business. I don't think the 42 and a half – is going to be enough for the Sooners, despite all the questions that they have, uh, despite Spencer Rattler making his first start at the collegiate level, despite the suspensions, which we're waiting to hear back from, apparently. And the depth chart in Norman uh, tells me that maybe there's a chance that Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson and Trajan Bridges will play this weekend. We'll obviously wait and see, and I'm going to ask you about that here in a second. But I still think Oklahoma's too damn good. Missouri State, they've got some big guys at wide receiver, and we know in the past big dudes on the outside 
has given the Oklahoma secondary some problems, but uh, it's a different beast in the Big 12 versus FCS Missouri State. So I'm with you. I think the Sooners take care of business. Uh, I feel bad that uh, y'all's fans have to pay 55 bucks to watch these games. I'm hoping they can find some illegal streams or some unorthodox streams uh, to avoid paying that money because that's ridiculous that we're here in 2020 and a program like Oklahoma has to pay to watch their team play. But uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to watch this weekend, man. I think it's going to be smooth sailing for the Crimson and Cream. Yeah, Missouri State got two 6'5 wide receivers, a 6'4 wide receiver, and a 6'3 wide receiver. And their two tight ends are also 6'4 and 6'7. Wow. So this looks like a freaking basketball team. This is like the Lakers out there. I mean, those are get-off-the-bus first guys, right? Uh-huh. You know, those are uh, you want those guys walking off the bus first to, uh, to intimidate you a little bit, to scare you a little bit, make you think, oh, my God, you know, these guys are huge. These guys might actually be something – and you see them play and you realize, ah, they're just big bodies. They don't have a whole lot of skill. They don't have a whole lot of talents. That is pretty crazy, though. I mean, that is some size for any program on the outside, but especially the fact that all those guys are at an FCS program, that is not something you see every day. Yeah, by the way, I will not be paying $54.99 to be watching the game on pay-per-view. Here's what I did. I called the – I got a tip from somebody on this. I called the Missouri State ticket office because they got a 500 500- allotment tickets at 500 allotment of tickets and i bought four tickets for 65 dollars each so i'm going to the game but i'll be sitting in that rowdy missouri state section that i'm sure that they're going to have on saturday they didn't ask you any questions no no they did and that's why i didn't think it was going to work because they were like okay you have to set up a new account with us what's your address and i gave him my address which is in norman oklahoma and they didn't say they didn't say anything. They were hey. like, okay, cool. How many do you need? I was like, well, I can get four. Let's roll. It's money. It's money for them, and they desperately need it. I mean, every athletic department desperately needs money this year, but uh, especially the smaller ones. So you're a good man, Tyler. You're hooking them up, and, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, they don't care. They'll take money wherever they can get it. If if they had, well, you said 500 was there a lot yeah. of tickets. If uh-huh. it was 500 OU fans who called and bought those yeah. tickets, they'd be okay as long as they sold them. Well, normally I'm in the press box, but they cut the press box capacity down at OU by 66%. So each entity only gets like one press pass each right now. And it wasn't that big of a deal to me, you know, to be honest with you. So I'll I'll just go to a lot of games this year as a fan and be totally cool with that. Because honestly, I'd rather go to the game as just a fan in the stands than sit in the press box any day of the week. I, yeah. I don't know how to, if that's how you roll, but no, that's I'm with you on that, man. I mean, the press box is a rare, rare occasion for me. I prefer to sit amongst the peasants. I shouldn't <laughs> call them peasants because uh, that sounds disrespectful, but I want to be amongst the people, man. I want to drink some beers. I want to yell. I want to party. I want to have fun watching my team play college football. I don't want to sit in the press box, man. You got to be quiet and professional. I'm neither of those things. And there's so many lames in there too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't just, do it. Yeah, can't do it. I, I mean, I do it, but it, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of it. So, yeah, o- OU, Missouri State, it'll be fun to uh, watch a game with 25% capacity, a place that I've been going since I was a kid. And uh, that'll be fun to talk about that on Monday. Just yeah, no, I'm excited to hear. 2020 is going to be. Yeah, excited to hear your breakdown of that because uh, I won't be going to the Texas game this weekend. So I'm, I'm curious. I was just about to ask you that if you're going to UTEP, Texas on Saturday. No, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, we're doing this thing down here in Austin for the Horn, uh, where we're going to be kind of 
giving our thoughts in real time. I'm going to be on Facebook Live and streaming just our thoughts. A couple of the hosts at the station will be breaking it down in real time. So got to be home for that, but uh, I'm cool with it, man. I, I'm one of those guys, like I enjoy going to college football games. I enjoy going to big games, but I just, I love the sport of college football so much that I want to be able to watch multiple games at yeah. one time. You know, that's yeah. like the worst part of, of going to a game is the fact that uh, you can only watch that game. Now, some games are worth it, right? If we're talking the Red River shootout in Dallas, that's the only game I care about. That's I want to be there for that. And look, Texas LSU was supposed to be this weekend. That's a game I would go to in Baton Rouge. But you know, a game like Texas UTEP, which the Longhorns are 43-point favorites, they should take care of business. I'm going to watch intently, of course, both as a fan and for my job, but I also want to have the ability to uh, pay attention to some of the other games across this league and across this sport. By the way, I was going to tell you that I'm looking on StubHub right now. There's one mention for them. Maybe they'll be a new sponsor for us. There you go. You could go to the Texas game this week for uh, 55 bucks. That's how much it could cost you. That's not bad. It's not bad. To go watch them hammer UTEP. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see what the crowd's going to look like. I know there's no band. You guys having a band up there? Uh, well, yes, there's a band, but they're splitting it into like four, like five home games. Each band person gets to go to play at one home game this okay. year. I so, like, it's like 25 percent capacity of the band, or 20 percent, or however much it equals out to. And like, you know how Texas and OU and every other band does like their pregame routine on the field, you know, like Texas plays like March Grandioso and stuff like that. Well, OU does is doing their pregame routine, but it's going to only be shown on the video board. Like the actual Mm -hmm. band isn't going to do their pregame routine on the field. It's going to be shown on the video board and like their halftime show is going to be showed on the video board at halftime too. It's like, what the hell is the purpose of even yeah. having being there, but whatever. Yeah, kind of a bummer, right? I mean, the first time Texas runs out of the uterus-shaped longhorn uh, <laughs> in the new South End Zone, they won't have the band to, uh, to introduce them and bring them out on the field. That's going to be a little bit of a bummer, man. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because everyone around here makes that joke all the time. That's so good. Uh, we're having some fun with it too, man. Yeah. I mean, it looks better like the it, it's not finished yet, right? The South End Zone at D KR won't be done until 2021, but it's it's kind of coming together and it looks better than the original renderings, right? It's like the opposite of the Rangers ballpark up in Arlington. Right. Where they just got completely catfished the other way where the renderings look great and then the final product was awful. Uh, this one looks a little bit better, looks a little less female genitalia-like than uh, – than uh, what the original pictures show, but it, it still has a little bit of that look, no question. Everybody around here makes fun of that, and then the Tom Herman sledgehammer, like in the locker <laughs> room when he was trying to hit it, and he just he wasn't ready for that, man. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, there's been plenty to to poke fun at with this program for the last last ten years, but hopefully Saturday is the start of uh, of the turnaround, Tyler. Uh, I mean, Texas should take care of business against UTEP. I don't know if you watched UTEP last week. Uh, I did. I've watched that game twice. Lord help me. I don't know what I'm God. doing. Watching wow. UTEP and Stephen F. Austin out of the FCS play. That was a low-quality football game. Now, congrats to UTEP. That's their third win as a program in the last four seasons. So Woo-hoo. wins are few and far between for them. Uh, that's probably going to be their only win of of 2020. At least uh, recent history would tell you that. But you know, even though they did come away with the victory last week, that is a bad football team and the Longhorns should be able to take care of business. You know, the line is 43. It's actually a bigger line than Oklahoma against Missouri State. 
I don't, I don't think Texas is going to cover. That feels like a lot. Would I be surprised if they do? No. I mean, UTEP is that bad, and the talent gap is that wide uh, between these two teams. But I think it'll be a little bit less than that. Something like 48 to 10 is kind of where I'm leaning right now. So Texas should take care of business this weekend. Shouldn't be a Maryland type of situation or anything like that. Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing is hopefully the Longhorns can walk away on Saturday without any injuries uh, or obviously any COVID ramifications coming from this game. I think those are your, really your biggest storylines with uh, with Texas this weekend. So I remember UT going to El Paso in like 07, 08, 09. So that YouTube video when they show that couple up on the rock outside the stadium and she's, um, how do I say this, helping him out. And they Whoa. like in the broadcast like circles it. I was that. Do you not remember that? Was that not against Texas back God, in the day? I don't remember that. I couldn't tell you if it was against Texas wow. or not. But I do know as soon as we're done here, I'm looking that up. Yeah, you got it, dude. You got to. You got it look on that. YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like the broadcast team is like circling it. You oh. know how John Madden used to like circle things and everything. Yeah. They like circle it on like the broadcast, like saying what's going on and everything. <laughs> dude, that is incredible. I do not remember that, but I am so glad that you brought that up. Thank you very much. And I hope everybody watching uh, after we're done goes and checks that out too. By the way, if you are watching, it, uh, it seems like we've got a few of y'all in today. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. We rock and roll Mondays and Thursdays from 10 to 11 here on Twitch on the Chris Landry football channel. Uh, but if y'all have any comments, man, feel free. I mean, we'll go game by game. We'll preview every game this weekend and we're going to give some Heisman and some conference predictions before we get out of here at 11. But if you guys have any questions about your team, about your school, about whatever, uh, we would love to hear from you. We appreciate the support, but we definitely want you guys to be a part of this thing. All right, we do have a question, Tyler. You want to uh, you want to hit this okay. one real quick? All right, I'll show it on the screen. This is a cool little feature. We oh, have. nice. This yeah, I appreciate from, this. Should uh, teams that postpone non-conference games play them later in the season or just cancel them? Um, I'd say you do everything in your power to play those football games. I mean, um, you know, I you you can really like do like OSU and Tulsa and just push it back one week if the cases are fine. I, I think that that's why that bye week is kind of there. Yeah, that's uh, that's first choice, right? If you can play at some point, then play the game. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, the non-conference games are obviously the most important for determining a champion for this league, and that's going to play the mo- uh, that's going to play the biggest role in helping to determine a college football playoff in this sport. But yeah, if there is a way to safely play these games, then I'm totally down. And I like what Oklahoma State and Tulsa are doing. Hopefully, by next weekend, the situation that Tulsa is taken care of, and they can play that game. Uh, in Stillwater, we'll see what happens with Baylor and Louisiana Tech. You know that was a that was a hurricane situation, right? I mean, Louisiana yeah. Tech was handling COVID perfectly fine, but a bunch of players were displaced. They had to leave because of uh, Hurricane Laura, and when they came back, they had sort of a a large number of positive COVID tests, which kind of hampered their program. So, if there's a way that that can be taken care of by next weekend. Or just at some point, if they can work out a date later in the year where both teams are off, then, yeah, I'm totally down. And then for SMU-TCU, I want that game to happen, man. I really do. I mean, that's got the chance to be one of the best, if not the best, non-conference games in the sport this year. Uh, I would love for them to find a way to play that game at some point. I don't know if it's feasible. I don't know if it's likely. But uh, I definitely want that game to happen. So, great question. But uh, I think you and I are in agreement. If there is a way to play them later in the season and just postpone them, uh, I think that's the better alternative 
than canceling them. But of course, if you've got to cancel them, then so be it. Just uh, get the other nine games in and hopefully you'll be all right. Yeah, keep those comments coming. We love them for sure. And uh, go check out LandryFootball.com as well. I mean, everything you need, high school, college, NFL, the draft, free agency, pre- and post-game analysis. LandryFootball.com is your source for all things football. Uh, I guarantee you, with Miami and UAB playing tonight, with the Chiefs and Texans playing tonight, LandryFootball.com. If you are a football junkie, and I'm going to guess if you're watching this show that you are, LandryFootball.com is uh, your kind of place for sure. Hey, I've got two quick questions for you on the Texas UTEP game before we move on. One, if there's like a, you know, in like a blowout, like you stay around for the blowout to watch a couple of the young guys just to get a glimpse of it. Is Hudson Card that guy for Texas in this game? Uh, Casey Thompson will be the first QB off the bench for Texas, and hopefully it's both of them, right? Hopefully Hudson Card and Casey Thompson can get some playing time on Saturday. But Casey Thompson, a guy who's been in this program for three years now, uh, which is a luxury, right? Usually in today's college football with the advent of the transfer portal, you don't have a quarterback with that much experience, or at least a guy who's been in your program for that long as a backup. So that's a good thing for Texas. Hopefully you don't need him very much this year. But no, nah, Casey Thompson will be the first QB off the bench for Texas. And then, yeah, hopefully this game is is so in hand by the time the fourth quarter rolls around that the true fresh, freshman Hudson Card out of Lake Travis, very highly touted recruits, uh, can get some playing time on Saturday. That's one of those dudes that uh, Texas fans will be anxious to see and I'm sure hopeful to see if he can get out there. My last question is, do you find it as funny as I do that Texas puts the visiting ban in like the – top upper corner of the state like that's funny but how pissed the other bands get that they have to sit up mm. there the other fan bases is really my type of comedy yeah you know of course uh, you don't have an elevator right so they've got to walk up those oh, uh, no. circular <laughs> ramps too to get up uh, to get up to those seats yeah it won't be a problem this year and uh, uh, I think some Texas fans get a kick out of how much people lose their minds over that because you look around college football and so many other schools do this. You've got teams in this league that do this. The problem is, you know, outside of Oklahoma, nobody has a stadium as big as Texas. Like TCU puts their opposing fans and band up in the top corner. They just only have a two-deck, 50,000-seat stadium, so it's yeah. not that high and it doesn't look as ridiculous uh, it's always overblown, and yeah, you could say it's uh, it's disrespectful or it's not classy. I think people look for class too much in sports. I love it. I personally love it as a fan of this program. I don't, I don't want to hear their band. I don't want to hear their fans. Put them in the top corner. The hell with them, man. Give give your fans the best seats in the house, the guys who support your program year in and year out, and not just for one Saturday. I think they deserve the best fans. So. Eh, call me an a-hole if you want, but uh, I've got no problem with uh, the band being shoved up in the top corner. Two other games to talk about, and oh boy. I'm sure Houston Baptist is filled with guys. you like at an airport, by the way? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I mean, I'm pretty close to uh, to a highway here, but it usually doesn't get that loud. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> Houston Baptist at Texas Tech. Um, a Baptist school, a Baptist school should never have to go to Lubbock, Texas, because they are going to see, hear, and be exposed to things that they have never seen before in their entire life. I mean, TCU is a Christian school. Baylor, I guess, is also a Baptist school, but Houston Baptist, I'm sure that they're like really nice people and really nice kids. And Texas Tech has like the spawn of Satan out there going to 
going to class in Lubbock. So I'm a little bit oh, worried about. Come Houston. on, man. Is that is that the most gruesome fan base in the Big Twelve? Yeah, really student wise, right student wise, it's not close, dude. It's not man. close. Yeah, obviously uh, they won't have a full house at Jones AT and T this Saturday, but uh, I think your point still holds true. And I'm sorry, Texas Tech fans. I haven't done my research on Houston Baptist. All I know about Houston Baptist football, well, I know that they're Houston and they're Baptist. There you go. I feel pretty good about those two takes. But we were talking about UTEP, right? Texas's opponent this weekend. Uh, Houston Baptist was UTEP's only win last year. Ooh, yikes. UTEP was favored by 17 in that game. They only won by two. But, I mean, you know, once again, UTEP is a team that's won three games in the last four years, and one of those wins came against Houston Baptist. So, this is, uh, this is a bad football team that's coming into Lubbock this weekend. I know there's some questions about Texas Tech year two for Matt Wells. I don't know what the confidence level is. I don't know what the optimism level is in Lubbock. I think, you know, people feel really good about Alan Bowman. Obviously, the question with him is can he stay healthy? That's the biggest concern with that dude. But when he's been on the field, he's been a pretty good quarterback. And I think uh, Texas Tech fans are, are excited and anxious to see what he can look like in a full year uh, in this new offense and with this new coaching staff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this one, I think Texas Tech is a 40 or so point favorite, maybe 39 and a half. This should be a a relatively easy tune-up game for the Red Raiders. Hopefully Bowman can look good and also get out of the game early to prevent uh, any chance at injury. So, yeah, wins might be tough to come by for Texas Tech. Uh, You know, I I don't think this is quite the year for them to be in the top half of this league. But Saturday should not be tough at all. They should take care of business against uh they're not the Houston Baptists, right? They're the Houston Baptists something else. I don't know. They got like a little husky looking thing as their logo, is what it looks like to me. Okay. It's like a it's like the cheap Walmart version looking of the Yukon Husky logo, is what it is. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they are the Huskies. And are they the best Huskies playing college football this year? Um, Washington's not playing. Yukon's not playing. Northern Illinois is not playing. Look at me just rattling off Husky names well, like that. Fun there, impressive right there. I would have been screwed uh, after Washington. There. I, I, I always forget Yukon has a football program, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any other Huskies right there. So this might be the one year Houston Baptist, HBU, can uh, can claim the best Huskies in college football. So they played a game last week against North Texas. And North Texas put up 721 yards on Houston Baptist. So, I mean, I don't project North Texas to be some world beater this year offensively. So, if North Texas put up 721 on them, mm. if Tech wants to, they could probably put up 1,000 yards on Houston Baptist. And honestly, I think that they should. Like, God, we, need, we, need, we need Cliff Kingsbury back for this game because he would. Like, he wouldn't pull the stops, man. He would be all over that. An opportunity for a historic offensive performance like that, he would love it. But uh, I don't know if Matt Wells is going to do it. But, hell, even with Tech's second and third stringers, even if they're just running the football in the second half, it sounds like they've got a shot to put up some pretty ridiculous offensive numbers this weekend. So, yeah, should be a nice one for uh, for the Red Raiders. Should be an easy win uh, I don't know if the tortillas will be flying for Houston Baptist, but uh, they, they they should be all right. Yeah. And now the game that we've all been waiting for, prime time, Big 12 after dark, 9 p.m. on FS1, KU minus seven as they take on Coastal Carolina, who beat them a year ago. They're playing this football game in Lawrence. 
I don't know if anybody else in the world is going to stay up to watch this game, but I do know one person, and it is Brad Kellner. He will watch every single snap of that football game. And I will be on pins and needles, and I will be stressing out, Tyler, because wins for Kansas football are uh, are few and far between. They don't happen very often, and this is uh, far and away their best opportunity to get a W this year. Now, maybe they could surprise somebody in the Big 12. We were just talking about Texas True. Tech. Last year it was Tech who fell victim uh, to Kansas up in Lawrence. That was a crazy game with an even crazier finish. But, yeah, I mean, Kansas is out for revenge, a revenge game against Coastal Carolina in not baseball. Who would have thought that would ever happen? Uh, Man, we'll see. You know, Coastal Carolina came into Lawrence last year. They field goaled the Jayhawks to death. 12-7 was the final score. They spoiled Les Miles' debut. And then after the game, in the locker room, they had a Jayhawk pinata and Coastal Carolina, look, I get it. You're beating a Power 5 program on the road. That that might have been the first time in school history they've ever done something like that. But, man, they celebrated like they had just won the national championship. And they were smacking that pinata and going nuts uh, after that win. So I, I hope, and it's ridiculous and it's crazy, but I hope that video has been playing in the Kansas locker rooms and at the KU facilities this week for a little bit of extra momentum. Not that you should need it uh, ever but especially when you're playing a, a team that beat you last year in your own house. But, yeah, I mean, this is the, the closest line in the Big 12. This should be your most competitive game in this conference. So if you're looking for a down-to-the-wire affair in the Big 12, you might have to stay up late to uh, to check it out with Kansas and Coast. Where do you find a giant Jayhawk pinata? What, what's the big supermarkets up there? Dillon's? Did they go to a Dillon's up there in the Lawrence and pick up a – did, like, the bus stop on the way from the airport – and stop there and get a Jayhawk pinata? Where do you find that at? I have no idea. I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time at supermarkets when I was visiting uh, when I was visiting Lawrence. So I don't know where you get a Jayhawk pinata. Maybe it was custom made. Hell, maybe they got it in Manhattan or something. Maybe <laughs> did it have candy in it, by the way? What's that? Did it have candy in it, by the way, or is it just a, just an old empty pinata? No candy, which is a huge God. bummer. If you're going to go pinata, like that's the whole point of it. You break it so you can see what's on the inside, and there's no, there was nothing in there. So uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Kansas, uh, the post Carter Stanley era, which is, is a good thing. I think. I mean, I know he did some good things last year and put up some decent numbers and won a couple of games for Kansas, nearly beat Texas uh, here in Austin last year, but. Year two for less miles. The Jayhawks are still a few years away from from really competing in this league. And when I say that, I mean like competing for a bowl game, right? They're I don't even know how far away they are from potentially doing what they did at the end of last decade. But uh, no, I mean, I'll be watching this one on Saturday. Not exactly sure what to expect. I'm hopeful this game even happens, right? There were some reports out of Lawrence uh, a couple of days ago that said I think they had 14 positive tests. And I saw a Kansas official say, no, 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 it was only three positive tests. So, you know, either way, you should be able to field 53 and play a game. But obviously, you worry about contact tracing and you worry about what the hell else is going on up there. So hopefully this game can even happen on uh, on Saturday. Outside of that, I'm not entirely sure what to expect, to be completely honest, Tyler. KU is 126th in the country in returning production this year. And Coastal Carolina ranks in the top 20 including almost all of its offensive production. So there's something there. I mean, Coastal Carolina beat them last year, and they're returning a whole lot more than KU is. So um, I might like Coastal 
plus the seven in this football game. Just letting you know right now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame you for for making that pick. I mean, Kansas has more talent on this team. And, I mean, Puka Williams is there. They've got some receivers as well with Stephon Robinson and Andrew Parchment, who was uh, preseason All-Big 12 in this league. Uh, The talent discrepancy is there for sure. Um, But, man, we'll see what happens, right? A new quarterback for Kansas, and you mentioned that all the returning production that Coastal has – I don't think either team's going to run away with this one. And once again, I I don't know what to expect. I don't think you should be surprised either way. Like, I don't care who it is against. If Kansas loses a football game, is anybody surprised at this point? Hell, the bigger surprise is if they win, regardless of who it's against. So, yeah, this one uh, could be tough and tight. Kansas, I think, turned the ball over. They lost the turnover battle by two last year against Coastal. So, have to do a better job of of protecting the Rock. And, you know, you got to score more than seven points. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to win any game in this sport, so that's uh, that'll be the benchmark for Kansas. Can they get into double digits this weekend? That might be enough to beat uh, to beat Coastal. By the way, a couple things before we get out of here and send you into the college football weekend. I do like to take a huge dump on Tom Herman whenever I have the opportunity to do so. But the Jet Bush video of giving him a scholarship, calling his parents, letting his dad announce that to the team in a team meeting was. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was really cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those videos are always pretty awesome, right? Those walk-ons getting scholarships, those are always uh, kind of emotional. But I thought Texas handled that really, really well. And whoever put that together on the Texas social media team did a fantastic job. Uh, that was making the rounds, you know, the national rounds uh, over the last couple of days. So tip of the cap to Jet Bush. He's actually on the depth chart. He is uh, – Tied for your second string Jack linebacker position. So Joseph Osai is your starter there. He's one of the best players on this Texas defense. And then the backup for that Jack linebacker spot is Jet Bush or Reese Leto, who is a converted tight end playing defense for the first time. So I think Texas hopes uh, nothing happens to Joseph Osai because you've got some questions there with the former walk-on and a former tight end. But, yeah, that uh, that was really cool. That was a tearjerker for sure. And uh, Texas handled that well. Happy for for Jet Bush, man. That's awesome. There are some reports today that in about three hours, OU is going to find out about the suspensions to Ronnie Perkins, to Trajan Bridges, and Ramondre Stevenson. If you forgot about that, they all failed the drug test at the Peach Bowl last year. That is an NCAA ruling, so it is six games. OU has fought to uh, get that suspension lessened or just removed altogether. Lincoln Riley has called it an archaic rule in the past. But reportedly, we're going to find out today, and the NCAA is not going to reverse their decision on this. Uh, if anything, I think that they knock one game off, seeing as it's a shortened season. But don't get your hopes up too much, OU fans. I, I think that they'll, they'll knock it off by one game, which would still mean that they missed the Texas game this year. Yeah, so I texted you yesterday uh, after I saw the Oklahoma depth chart, right? Lincoln Riley released the depth chart for this weekend's game against Missouri State, and I saw – Ronnie Perkins listed as a starting defensive end. And I saw Ramondre Stevenson there and I saw Trajan Bridges there. And I'm like, yo, what's, what's going on? Like I thought this was a five game suspension and you don't put guys, whether it's suspension or injury or opting out, you don't put guys who aren't going to play on your depth chart. So I texted you, Hey man, I know Lincoln Riley earlier this week said that we've got no updates with these dudes, but the fact that they're on the depth chart, does that mean there's a chance that the NCAA is going to waive the suspension altogether or maybe delay this suspension? So they'll be eligible to play this weekend. And you kind of said what you just said on the air. You know, I, I, I wouldn't get, uh, for me, it's, it's, 
hopes down. For you, it's hopes up, right? For me as a Texas fan, it's like, hey, those guys won't be there for the game against Texas in a couple of weeks. I'm all for it. Don't yeah. do drugs, kids. Come on, do better. <laughs> but uh, now, nah, don't uh, don't get your hopes up. Seems to be the the consensus with those guys up in Norman. Uh, yeah, the only thing that I like that I'm watching for is if it gets reduced to three games, yep. then they'll be back for the Texas game. So Good that's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma has a a very front loaded conference schedule, right? I mean, obviously Missouri State they'll take care of business this weekend, but. Kansas State, the only team that beat OU in the regular season last year, then at Iowa State, and then Texas. So those are three, you could argue three of your four or five toughest games in this league. You got to play early on. And as of right now, those three guys aren't going to be there. So yeah, even if they are back for the Texas game uh, or any of those games, you would take that if you're an Oklahoma fan, because uh, you're going to need all hands on deck for those games early in the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, One final thing before we get out of here. Are we going to see anybody in New York? Which is probably nobody's probably going to go to New York this year for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Yeah. Is anybody going to be a Heisman finalist in this conference this year? Trevor Lawrence got the best odds, and there's Spencer Rattler sitting at the second best overall odds this year. Yeah, what will it be? A Zoom press conference? Probably. Is yeah. that what this thing Not is going worried. to be? God, that's a that's a huge bummer. This year sucks, man. Unbelievable. You don't even think about stuff like that, right? Uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony won't happen this year, or at least the way we're used to it happening. That's that's a bummer. Man, I I think there could be two. I really do. I mean, I think Spencer Rattler obviously has a shot. Oklahoma's had a Heisman finalist in each of the last five years. And one of those seasons they had two with Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook in New York. So I, you know, even though Spencer Rattler has thrown eleven passes in his college career, even though he's yet to start a game, I think you have to at least give him a shot. And you mentioned the Vegas odds. It feels like uh, they're giving Spencer Rattler a shot to be there. So I'll say he's a guy. And I'll also say Sam Ellinger's a guy, you know, without Justin Fields, without the big 10, without the PAC 12, if this is one of those years where there's four or five guys in New York, I think there's a good chance Rattler could be there. I think there's a good chance Sam Ellinger could be there as well. And, And two years ago, Sam Ellinger had a statistical season that only five guys in the history of college football had ever had. And all five of those guys had won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, we're talking Johnny Manziel. We're talking Tim Tebow. We're talking Lamar Jackson. In terms of like rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns, it was pretty ridiculous. So we know Sam Ellinger is capable of putting up statistics that can get him to New York, or at least have been good enough to get guys to New York in the past. This year with a much smaller field, I think he's got an opportunity to get there. And I guess, you know, don't count out Chuba Hubbard, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, if he rushes for 2,000 yards again, like I think he should have been there last year with the season he had. So if he gets close to 2,000 again with a smaller field, he definitely has an opportunity to uh, to get that invite this year. So, yeah, there uh, there are some candidates across this league. And once again, no Big Ten, no Pac-12 might help out a little bit. How about this for a hot take? Not only would I not bet Spencer Rattler plus 900, I think that he is the worst bet on the board to win the Heisman this year. One, because I think that there's Oklahoma fatigue right now with Oklahoma, you know, OU quarterbacks winning the Heisman Trophy. I think that that exists. And also, too, like Trevor Lawrence is going to get to play Notre Dame this year at Notre Dame. He's probably going to get to play them again in the conference championship game. Derek King's probably going to get to play Clemson at some point in the year if they're really good. Sam Ellinger is going to get to play Oklahoma. Um, Jamie Newman, he's off the board now. Mac Jones is going to get to play Georgia and Auburn and LSU and Florida. Like, you get the point. Like, yep. 
where is the game for Spencer Rattler that he's going to be able to have that Heisman moment and really impress somebody? I mean, there's I, I, I just really don't know if that game exists for him. And he's not going to have the stupid, crazy stats that, like, uh, Joe Burrow had last year with less game. I just I, I don't see a realistic scenario this year other than Trevor Lawrence tanking and Derek King tanking and Miles Brennan and Sam Ellinger, just everybody else. I just think that there's so much OU fatigue with quarterbacks and there's not a big-time team on the schedule. I, I don't like Rattler's chances. Man. man, we have zero evidence of Oklahoma fatigue being a thing. Right, I mean, it's gonna happen at some point. You, as an Oklahoma fan, I know you agree with this. Jalen Hurts was not the second best player in college. Oh God, yes, year. there's no and doubt. And yet he was second place in the Heisman Trophy behind Joe Burrow. And I know he put up some ridiculous statistics at Oklahoma last year, but I don't think there's any OU fatigue if that guy's finishing second. I think this thing is kind of a popularity contest. And look, I get what you're saying about the no big game, but where was Jalen Hurts' big game last year? Well, he at least had the 25-point comeback at Baylor. Okay, I, see, I, I got you. I got you. Know? Yeah, and Baylor was really, really good last year. Double-digit win team, do your 16. That's fair. Uh, but also on the other side, like, uh, you know, there's not – like uh, I'm with you, but also Spencer Rattler can put up some really, really ridiculous numbers because he doesn't have a whole lot of tough games. So those are going to inflate his numbers this year. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to win the Heisman, but I, I think I'm more confident – in you that he's got a shot uh, to pull this thing off. I, I don't know if there's Oklahoma fatigue. Maybe at some point we'll see it, but it almost feels like that those guys get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to this trophy uh, under Lincoln Riley. And it's hard to argue with the numbers that they've put up, honestly. Yeah. We'll remind you once again, go check out LandryFootball.com. High school action is underway. College action's underway. UAB in Miami tonight. NFL gets kicked off tonight. Recruiting is still big. NFL draft, free agency. Pre-game, post-game film analysis, all the inside scoop on your favorite football team. Landry Football is your source for all things football. Man, by the next time we'll talk to you, we'll have um, some Big 12 games to talk about Monday. Please join us 10 a.m. right here on Twitch to uh, talk about that. That'll be a whole lot of fun. You got the last word. What's the what's the big scoop going into the weekend? Ah, no scoop except football is back, baby. It's awesome. This is going to be the best weekend I've had in more than six months, and I can't wait. Hopefully, we can get all seven of these currently scheduled Big 12 games in, so we've got a lot to talk about on Monday, but going to be a lot of personal time between me and my couch this weekend, man. I can't wait. It is kind of interesting to me that Bobby Petrino coached Lamar Jackson to a Heisman Trophy, and now he's coaching at Missouri State. So I just I find that interesting. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah, no doubt. All right, he's Brad Kellner. I'm Tyler McComas. We are in defense of the Big 12. We'll talk to you Monday, 10 a.m. right here on Twitch. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.